0: Welcome back to Live Truth. In this episode, Sifa is joined by Stefan Lombard and they discuss how to receive grace and how it actually empowers you to live out the truth that God has called you to live. Hello Stefan and welcome to Live Truth. It's such a privilege to have you here. How are you doing?
1: I'm very well. Thank you Sifa. It's really a privilege for me as well. Um, Just seeing what you are doing and sharing on your podcast, it's a massive privilege. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm glad. Um, And every time I have a guest on my show, I just like to ask them, what does it mean to you to live truth?
1: I was thinking about this and uh, first of all, I think um, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. So almost going back to that. And knowing that Jesus is the truth. So basically it's relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of Jesus, I don't think we have truth. Sure. So for me, it's just starting off with uh, it's relationship with God. Um, it's relationship with Jesus. Um, but secondly, also, um, I think in John 17, verse 17, Jesus said that uh, my word is truth. Yeah. So also sometimes we're like, okay, what does it mean to live Truth. Um, where do we find some guidance? And it's really in the Word of God. So, um, for me, to live truth is to be in relationship with Jesus, um, in relationship to the Word, yeah. and also allowing the Word actually to challenge me at times. Mm. And we all grow up with different worldviews, with different. We all have our opinions and different things, right? Mm. And to be willing to basically repent, and many times we look at the word repent, we're like, "Yo, this is a sort of a scary word." But it's basically just change your mind, um, change your mind, your way of thinking. Be willing to look at what God is saying, what truth is, and for me to look at the Word of God and saying this is truth, mm-hmm. and if I'm not in agreement with that, I must be willing to change. Uh, so it's even just submitting to Jesus. and like, Lord, okay, I know you <laughs> are truth, yeah. and I'm willing to submit to you and surrender even my thoughts and opinions. Yeah. Um, the way I grew up, um, mm. we can talk a lot about different things, but I think it's one of the most beautiful things to see somebody willing to change, yeah. even um, after they've grown up a certain way, um, so etc. Yeah.
0: Sure, so. that's so cool. And it just like goes like hand in hand with like um, just like renewing your mind in a sense and allowing the word to transform you. Exactly. Um, and I just think it's even like as you're showing now that like there is only like one absolute truth, even though like in the world everyone is like there's no absolute truth. Everyone can just believe what they want to believe, but that's not what it is. And the like Jesus just tells us that it, he's the truth, and that that's where it starts from. So Um, And I just wanted to ask, how does your understanding of grace help you to actually live out truth? Sure. Um,
1: I think if we realize, or what helped me um, about grace, is that grace is really an empowering. So sometimes we get this thing, okay, I need to live out truth. We are wanting to live out truth, uh, which is a great thing. But sometimes we do it in our own strength. Mm. We disconnect basically um, God from this process of living our yeah. truth. And if we realize again, his relationship with truth. Mm. So it's more of an inside out thing mm. than an outside in. If um, Jesus, it says, I believe in John 1, that he was full of grace and truth. Mm. So he's full of grace and truth. But if he's living inside of me, and I'm having intimacy with Him or relationship with Him, then it becomes this thing of I'm just living out. There's a flow of grace um, out of me. Um, So grace really empowers me to actually live out truth. Um, Grace really enables me um, to to live out truth. So I think it's uh, a massive effect. And without the grace of God, without Jesus... Yeah. Um, I think even though the Spirit being a spirit of grace, um, mm. it would be impossible actually to live out truth. So.
0: Yo, that is so true. And I think it takes a lot of pressure off um, when you think of it in that way. Because I think a lot of the times really one, like it's a good thing to want to live out the truth. And you look at the word, you're like, oh my gosh, my life is like this yes. and I need to be like that. Yeah. But just that thing of like, Instead of trying to change yourself, just coming to Jesus and being like, okay, I'm just gonna to choose to just be in a relationship yes. with him. And then from that place everything will flow. And I like I think it like relates, I think it's John 15 about just like abiding in him in a sense. And then yes. from that place, like all the fruits will come into our lives. That's brilliant. Yeah. You are so it is really cool. Um, and I think as you were talking about how grace is and and empowerment and I don't think many people understand that because I think in the world there's two sides with grace it's either it's this thing that's just going to allow you to sin and you can just do whatever that what you want or some people just choose to like refuse to receive it did you ever see it that way or did you ever struggle with actually getting that proper understanding of grace
1: I think definitely um I think in my walk with God or my early walk with God or um, when I started understanding grace a bit, then it was easy to think, okay, this is just, um, I can live any way I want to. Mm. You could easily um, think that it's saying, uh, well, this is a license to have any lifestyle and God will still love me. And the beauty of the gospel is yes, um, nothing can change the love of God towards us. Um, that is really that is true Um, but grace is so much more and so I think for me um, in in an early walk um, with God that was a thing but um, later on I I really I think what helped me a lot was really understanding what happened when I got born again Um, so many people think okay you get born again but The only big change is when you die, then you go to heaven. They think that is sort of when you die and heaven, that is the big goal and that is the big thing. And even though, yes, when we die, we go to heaven, uh, we have eternity with God. That is amazing. But eternal life is actually so much more. John 17 verse 3 says it's knowing Jesus, it's knowing God. Um, So it's a personal relationship with Him. So it starts actually today. And man, when I got born again, when you got born again, our old nature died. We got a new nature. So the Holy Spirit came and resided in us. Um, Ephesians 1 verse 13 says we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Um, so I've become one with the Holy Spirit. Um, my old man is dead. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, um, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And now this new life, I live by the faith. Uh, of the Son of God. So it's this whole thing of for me realizing when I got born again, my old man died, I'm a new creation in Christ, and this gives me the ability to see sin isn't part of me anymore. And as a man thinks in his heart, so easy, Proverbs says. So if you still see yourself as a sinner, You will go ahead and sin. But if you see yourself, man, I'm saved by grace, but grace is now, Jesus has come and resided in me. This is not a license to sin. I'm a new creation. I'm a saint. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. My DNA has been changed. I've got no part. Yes, sometimes I still make mistakes. But in my spirit, I'm 100% joined to the Holy Spirit. I am a child of God, like I said. And so I really believe what you believe about yourself is is probably one of the biggest keys um, to whatever you're going to see in life and yourself doing in life. And so if you see yourself a sinner, um, if you see grace as this cheap thing that gives you a license to sin, you will go ahead and, and live in sin. But if you see that grace is actually um, An empowerment, the Holy Spirit that has come and resided in us. Man, that gives you the power to live righteous, holy, pure. And this is by mistake. This is effortless. Yeah. You know, sometimes sure. we're so trying to not sin or whatever, but, but grace is this effortless change. I've become a new creation, and it's actually discovering who I am mm. in Christ. It's actually discovering, man, I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. Um, I'm not that old person anymore, yes, I have some habits and stuff, but that's not the true me mm. and The more I just look in the word, the word is like a mirror, and I see myself in Jesus, I see mm. myself in the Word, and he's saying that he's well pleased with me, mm. I'm accepted in the beloved sure um then then automatically or effortlessly you start to live holy.
0: man, so I see like with what you're saying that. I think when people, I don't know, people, when a lot of people critique, like, understanding grace, when people from outside of Christianity are like, ah, oh, Christians just sin all the time. It's not this thing of God, like, giving grace. It's more of an identity issue, in yes. a sense, where people still decide to sin. Yes. Um, and, like, I think, as you are saying, like, once you get rooted in our identity, we can actually walk in the grace. Um, and I love how you said it was just, like, effortless, like, by mistake type of no. thing that yeah. you're just not... um Sin or anything, which is quite cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think it's something that we all need to hear. (laughs) Receiving grace, in a sense, like sometimes people may see it like as in God doing more of the work, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not like, I think people just have that perception sometimes. So, do you think that in terms of receiving grace, do you think that pride stops people from receiving it? Um, Even not just in terms of sin, but also in the calling that God has given us? Because I believe that. Whatever God has called us to do, we can't do it by ourselves. We need His grace to do it it's in every single day. Um, so do you think that pride would get in that way? Definitely. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I really think that pride is probably the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if not maybe the only thing that can cut us off from God's grace. It says God resists the proud but gives yeah. grace to the humble. Mm-hmm. And uh, even the Pharisees, if you think about it, I think they are probably the best example um, for us. I mean, grace and truth, Jesus, the word manifested, mm. uh, was in front of them. Um, but because of their pride, they missed out um, in, the, in sharing in that, uh, in the gift of Jesus. It says this um, cornerstone actually became a stumbling block. This cornerstone that was supposed to be the greatest blessing, the greatest gift, um, it was God at work. I like grace even to see it as God at work. Mm -hmm. Jesus worked for us on the cross. He suffered. Um, It says in Isaiah 53, God saw the travail of his soul and he was pleased. Um, So uh, in a sense, we don't have to go through that travail and that um, suffering um, again, Jesus worked for us. He said, it is finished. Um, but my pride can really withhold me from living in all that Jesus finished, all that he paid for, all that he has accomplished. Um, and it's, it's a scripture that says, um, work out your salvation. Mm. And sometimes you're like, um, quite confused. How is was this working. Yeah. Um, but it's really more of see that God has already finished the work mm. and uh, really tap into and t- repent. Change your mind from being your own Savior mm. and receive um, His grace. Receive what He has already done. Stop trying it in your own stem, Stop trying proud um, or being prideful. And I'm thinking about another thing. Um, there were two trees in the Garden of Eden, right? Yeah. And uh, one tree of of knowledge of good and evil, the other tree of life. And right through the Bible actually we see these two comparisons the whole way through. We see an older son and a younger son. Um, We see the New Jerusalem and the Old Jerusalem. We see works and grace. Mm. Um, It's the two covenants. So it's actually all running through sonship versus slavery. Mm. And from the beginning, I believe the tree of life was inviting us into relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Come and eat from me, you know. Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden. You will find rest. Don't do it in your own strength. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Mm -hmm. Be intimate with me. So relationship. And then the tree of knowledge of good and evil, basically just a set of rules. I just want to know right and wrong. I don't need God. Independence from God. So I see actually from the beginning two options. Intimacy with God, relationship with God. And another one, independence from God. Hmm. And this was a crazy thing when I sort of heard this for the first time. But um, I believe it's Ezekiel 14, verse 13, 14 around there when it's talking about Satan and Lucifer and how Hmm. far have you fallen, Oh Lucifer. Um, But it says um, that... uh, Lucifer basically said, I will be like the Most High. I will yeah. ascend into um, the clouds. I will be high. Um, but what he's basically saying is, I want to be like God. Mm-hmm. And don't all of us want to be like God? Yeah. So it's actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. But what I believe the, the sin that got Satan kicked out of heaven was, I want to be like God without God. Sure. And that broke my brain when I realized that for the first time and we're talking about pride and all of this. But pride is what got Satan kicked out or Lucifer kicked out of heaven. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the greatest sin we could ever do, is independence from God. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was actually a choice of saying, Adam and Eve basically saying, God, we don't need you. We will be our own savior. Mm -hmm. And um, so coming back to the pride thing, Uh, our biggest sin would be to say God I don't need you or I will be like you but without you and that's what many people misunderstand the old covenant even the law they think it's a set of rules Mm -hmm. for me to try to be like God without God but no it is showing you that you need a savior Mm -hmm. the old covenant was all about showing you you can't do it in your own strength. Mm. You need Jesus. Are you willing to come to him? Sure. So literally, I think pride is a very dangerous thing. And it's cutting us off really from experiencing the grace of
0: God. Yeah. Yo. So. It is hectic and amazing, <laughs> that, that whole explanation. Um, and I just want to ask, um, or like, just ask for any advice that you would give mm. to someone, just in terms of getting your heart in that posture of just um, realizing that you need a savior, of staying like in communion with Lord, with the, with God. Because um, I see that from that from that place, that's where we can also walk in humility as mm. well. Like when we're in, con- in constant communion with Him.
1: Yeah. Um. Sure. I think. I'm thinking about the gospel, and in Romans 1, verse um, 16, it says, it's the power of God unto salvation. Um, So the gospel is really what changed my life, if I can just share from my own experience, actually. Um, Really coming to a place of seeing it was Jesus that did it all for me. Um, I could never work for it. I couldn't earn it. I grew up in a Christian home and I really, um, I was saved when I was like 11 years old, when I was really young, so praise God. But I didn't understand relationship with Him. I didn't understand grace so much, so I became a Pharisee in a sense. I started um, trying to be good enough, trying to work for God's love. And the gospel really transformed my life. The gospel of seeing, man, it was Jesus that did it all and he's inviting me into relationship. So I think not letting the gospel get old. Yeah. Um, what does your time with, with Jesus looks like? Um, are you trying to impress him? Are you even trying to read enough of the word yeah. uh, to mark something off or to jump through mm-hmm. a hoop? Um, but just to know he said, while you were yet a sinner, he died for you. He loved you while you were yet a sinner. So how much more now that you're a child Mm -hmm. of God? So always approaching God, I think, from the place of, man, I'm loved by Him. Mm -hmm. I'm chosen by Him. I'm accepted in Him. Um, Just coming to Him, knowing that nothing you can do can make Him love you more or less. Um, So I think even approaching your times with God, just in that way, Um, not trying to impress. Um, But how do you tap into this? It's relationship, it's relationship. But what kind of relationship? And that's what I'm trying to say. It's not the relationship of a slave and a slave master. I saw God for a long time more as a slave master. Mm. But the more you see yourself as a son of God, as a child of God, um, I think that is really what sets you free mm. to walk this way of grace to tap into grace yeah. um, so and even for me uh, just one key that i a practical thing I would say is um, I love praying in tongues mm. so some people are like maybe what is this thing yeah. What is praying in tongues <laughs> why is it so powerful is it something you just do in church or um, how does it work um, but I really believe it's a it's a gift for each and every believer. Yeah. Um, each and every believer has access to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a heavenly language. It's a spiritual language. You can communicate with God spirit to spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not overthinking it. You're not using your understanding. Yeah. Um, so you're not allowing your shortfalls mm-hmm. and your shortcomings and your mind that is so full of guilt and condemnation mm-hmm. maybe You're bypassing that and you're entering communion with God, like spiritual communion with God. Um, But also, it really takes faith Mm. to pray in tongues. Even to read the Word of God, it can make more sense. Like, man, I I read four chapters today. I got so much good stuff. That is great. Mm. But praying in tongues is like, man, I don't have so much to show. Yeah. If I prayed an hour in tongues, you don't necessarily are able to say, well, I got this massive revelation. <laughs> sure. So what are you doing? You are tapping into grace. By faith, you are saying, Lord, I believe as I'm praying in tongues, man, my spirit is communicating and there will be revelation coming afterwards. When I'm reading the word, I will get more out of reading the Bible and things like that. Um, so just something that really helps me to tap into grace is actually praying in tongues. Because it's not something I'm doing in my own strength, mm. I'm really almost saying, God, I'm gonna rest in you. I'm gonna tap into yeah. um, your spirit. So that's one practical sort of key. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is like really, really good advice, and yeah, and a good explanation also in terms of praying in tongues and just seeing how it actually empowers an individual in a sense. Because some people just see it as Weird language, and, <laughs> and yeah, especially like in very Pentecostal churches, it's just maybe like we're in spiritual warfare, everyone's praying in tongues. But there's so much more to it that empowers our own individual lives and our relationship with God.
1: And if I can even chip in, sorry, Sifa. But um, I mean, Paul, the Apostle Paul, yeah. he had this amazing revelation of the grace of God. And um, he was the one that said, man, I pray more in tongues than all of you together. <laughs> so um, I really think there's, there's a key there for us. Mm. Um, don't don't let it become a work again. Yeah. Don't let it become a religious thing. Mm. Um, but sometimes just to escape your own yeah. mind and understanding, mm. just pray in tongues.
0: Yeah. Cool. And I have just a question in terms of praying in tongues. There's some people who struggle to actually speak in tongues. Mm. And I think in the beginning I never really understood understood that because I started like praying in tongues like when I was like a kid like the Holy Spirit just came over me when I was alone and it just happened Mm. Um, but there's some people who've really been walking with the Lord for years and they have that desire to pray in tongues How like what what advice would you give them just in terms of I don't know just asking God Lord I want to pray in tongues (laughs) sure
1: I think first of all um, almost convincing your own heart that it is for you Mm. Um, And the only way to do that is really to see it in the Word. Mm. Um, So I think even in uh, Mark 16, he talks about um, this is the sign sort of that will follow believers. Mm. And it says they will speak with new tongues, they will cast out demons, um, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So I think really going to the Word and being convinced in your heart Even when you're reading about the gifts of the Spirit, Mm. there's maybe a gift of speaking in tongues in church and a gift of interpretation of tongues, but that's a specific gift um, for the body of Christ. Um, And also for, uh, could I say, more for ministering to others. Mm. So 1 Corinthians 14 can explain that quite a bit more, um, that it's basically like prophecy. When When you give a tongue in church, and somebody interprets that tongue, it's like prophecy, it's encouragement. Um, but Mark 16 clearly shows that it's for all believers, so it's not only for... Um, so there is a personal prayer language, there's a personal where you don't need to maybe stand up and share it with other people or you don't need a specific interpretation in that moment. Um, so I think first of all just seeing it in the Word, yeah. hey this is for me. Mm. It is available for me. Um, so first of all, seeing that God wants to. So many times we, even with maybe other things like miracles or healing or so on, we, we think God is able but not always willing. Yeah. But the more we realize, man, God is willing sure. and He's already done it, mm. that's even one step further. Sure. God has healed us 2,000 years ago when mm. He died on the cross. It says, by His stripes we were healed. Mm. So, sorry, I'm using healing as an example, yeah. but if you see yourself healed already in Jesus, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to see that manifestation in the flesh. Yeah. Um and the same thing if you see uh the uh, tongues and mm-hmm. praying in tongues is your gift. Sure. It is yours as a believer when you believed in Jesus, when you became born again. Yeah. Uh, not because you went to church for 5 years, not because somebody um Prophesied over you just because you believed you are able to pray in tongues. Yeah. So, first of all, convincing your own heart. And second of all, I think something a lot of people miss is um, that the Holy Spirit gives the utterance, mm. but He doesn't force you to open your mouth. He'll. So it's like you you will give you the utterance, you will you will feel something, sort of streams of living water coming up, but if you don't want to, you can just close your mouth. God will not force you to pray in tongues. God is a gentleman. God will not force you to do anything. He always gives a choice. Yeah. People say God is in charge of everything. That is another topic. God <laughs> gave us choice. From the beginning, yeah. He put those two trees in the garden, giving us a choice. Mm-hmm. Love gives a choice. Even now, coming back to speaking in tongues, sure. God gives you a choice. And If you want to close your mouth, And never speak in tongues, God will still love you. But if you feel that streams of living water welling up in you, just open your mouth, just start praising God. Yeah. Uh, When you're alone in your room, just praise God in English or whatever language you want to praise God and like just be ready for tongues to flow, you Mm know. Um, so really come and partner with God. Yeah, God is inviting you to partner with Him. So open your mouth, praise Him in your own language, but wait. As 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 you're praising him, most probably the um heavenly language will start sure. flowing. So mm. that will be my
0: advice. Yeah, cool. that is really, really good advice. And I think um I love what you said about how god is already able and willing as well and just it's a thing of like if i know that you got me a gift and you're like okay i got you a gift and then you have it in your hand and i can see it there i don't have to beg you for it being yes. like i need the gifts i need yes. the gifts i need the gift but yeah. i can see it's there i can just have to just open up and be like okay thank Amen. you i'm receiving this um because i think even just in general with god sometimes We like to beg, in a sense, like, to be like, God, I really need this, God, I really... And God's like, yeah, no, it's here, don't worry. (laughs) So that is really, really cool, I think, in terms of understanding tongues as well. We've spoken a lot about how grace impacts our own lives and how we'll be able to... Um, just be empowered in a sense. Um, So when we understand grace and we learn to receive it, how does that affect our relationship with people and how Mm. does that help us to extend grace to others? Sure.
1: See, Father, this is so, so big. Um, For me, when I experienced the love of God for the first time, um, I probably experienced His love before that. But when I really actually saw myself as... Not worthy of his love, but he was still willing to love me. Mm. You know, sometimes it takes you to really go to the bottom. Mm. And then while you're there in the bottom, in the worst of the worst, you see that he still loves me while I'm there. Yeah. Um, So pride also many times keeps us from actually seeing that we are there at the bottom. But all of us are sinners. Who wants to be the best sinner to go to hell, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How dumb can you get? Um, like, we are all sinners, so we're all going to hell. If you miss it in one way, um, James uh, talks about this. Um, if we uh, transgress the law in one way, we are guilty of the whole mm. um, law. So basically, if we see God's love when we were in our worst mm. place, that that really touched my heart when I experienced that. And when I experienced that, my perception of other people changed. Mm. So this is not something I can explain. I can just (laughs) tell you, um, when you experience the love of God for yourself, Mm. because it's unconditional love, because it is like God is in His majesty loving me when I was a sinner. Mm. It's almost this... It's a totally supernatural thing um, that you would almost cross a boundary and say, I'm willing to love you. Mm. It's impossible not to look at other people and for it to have the same effect. Mm. And coming back to grace, I just use love as an example. But when you experience the grace of God, Mm. when you made the biggest mistake and His grace is there to say, I still love you. Come, I will pick you up and we can walk this together. We can overcome this together. Mm. The same way love, now we're talking about grace. When you experience that grace, it's impossible then not to extend grace to people around you. If you have truly experienced grace from God, Mm. it is just an automatic. It's that thing of, wow, seeing how much I've been forgiven then I want to forgive. Yeah. Seeing how much grace God has extended to me, I want to extend grace. It's an automatic response. Yeah. That's really what worship is, if you think about yeah. it. even When you just see God for who He is, mm-hmm. you want to fall down on your knees and just praise Him and worship Him. Uh, when you experience something in your own heart, you want to extend it to other people. Yeah. And can I say there's many religious or legalistic people that may be caught up in trying to earn God's love, maybe maybe even in churches that um, don't have such a clear understanding um, of the grace of God. That is why some of them might be struggling to extend grace and even love to other people. That's my, maybe why the world sometimes looks at the church and like, well, they see Jesus as this loving God, yeah. But they see Christians, and they're like, "Yo, I don't want to be one of them. Mm. Look at how they're treating each other, etc." Um, but that's only because some people haven't experienced the grace of God, and that's why the grace message, um, the gospel of grace, the true gospel, um, is so important for us mm. to preach, um, because when people are changed on the inside when they experience the grace of God on the inside man there's Mm -hmm. nothing stopping them Mm -hmm. they will be the greatest givers they will be the greatest workers Paul said uh, he labored more than them all but not him but the grace of God inside of him Um, so I believe there's almost an awakening to the grace Mm -hmm. of God and the true gospel and this will not make us passive yeah this will not make us lazy sure this will make us go to the ends of the earth, mm. even to be martyred for what we are believing wow. in. Um, why? Because it's Christ in me. Mm. It's not me doing it my own strength. It's not my pride. Mm. I will be able to love people that are unlovable. I'll be able to extend grace or mercy or forgiveness to people who don't deserve it. Not because it's Stefan or Sifa doing it, yeah. but it's it's... Christ in
0: us, too. I felt that, and just like as you were just speaking about how it's an active thing um, when we have that understanding of grace, that it doesn't make us passive, because I think we, a lot of the time, that's the perspective of it, but it's actually an active thing. Um, And I think if I had to wrap everything up that you said, it's just about, in terms of receiving God's grace, it really has to go back to relationship with Him. So we also, thank you so much, Siphan, just for sharing so much um, with everyone that's going to be listening. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. So thank you for coming. <laughs>
1: that's a big pleasure and a big privilege. Thank you so much, Shifan. Yeah, we pray God's blessing also over you Amen. and yeah, just over this podcast and everyone that will be hearing. Um, we believe they are blessed, so thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the final episode of season one of Live Truth. Thank you to everyone who's been there from the beginning. And even if this is your first episode that you are listening to, welcome to the Live Truth family. There are so many other episodes that you can listen to. And yeah, guys, I really hope that this episode encouraged you to Just walk in the freedom that God has given you and to just receive his grace that it can empower you in everything that God has called you to do and to empower you to live the life that God has called you to live effortlessly, freely, and that it even helps you in the way that you approach the new year. Um, Many of us want to set new goals and all of these things, but to realize if we don't have to do it out of our own strength, but we can depend on God's grace, not to make us passive or lazy but to empower us so that we can fulfill the things that God has called us to do. Yeah, guys, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the year. There's only a few days left. Um, But yeah, see you at season two and think truth, speak truth and live truth.